complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. What's that great company that makes maps locally? What are they called? Son Mm. of a biscuit. I don't know. I have no idea. Like Topo Maps? Yeah, yeah. They make they're local map makers, and they make really great uh, Topo Maps of the area. Wow, all right, that's pretty cool. Right Right on. Ah, that's frustrating. Um, anyways, they on their map and probably other Topo Maps, they have um. Maybe I'm just wildly naive, but I didn't realize that they noted private lands on those maps. Uh, and not generally that I thought. So the crazies, it's it really is a checkerboard. I know people refer yeah. to it as that, but like you look at the map and it, it literally is like box, box, box mm-hmm. of private land. And in like crazy areas, you know, that's just like steep and rocky with like an alpine i lake, own that you know shit. and That's it's just my funny to think, yes like, and so maybe were you the one telling me about this or was it maybe someone else but like basically as a ploy to get people here they were like selling beautiful montana land and all these people bought plots in the crazies sold oh. everything took a trek across the united states and showed up and we're like uh, this is the top of a mountain. We can't live yeah, here. They're like, this is a 10,000 foot peak. Yeah. <laughs> and it was oh actually gosh. really bad for a lot of people. Wow. When was this? 19th Late century? 1800s. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. You own a Big mountain bamboozled. though. That's when you start right. mining. You look for stuff under there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the crazies are crazy. They are aptly named. Yeah. How many nights Th- were you back there? Uh, two nights, three days. Um, Sick. It's just easy to get yeah. disoriented. Mm-hmm. We hiked from sunlight to campfire, which required like going down uh, this watershed following like the sweet. There's a couple different like tributaries of the sweet grass uh, creek. And so you're following that and like you're on the canyon floor and it's really heavily forested and like the mountains Hmm. are so steep next to you that like you kind of can't see the top of them so it's easy there's like a good like five six mile stretch where like it's very easy to get disoriented nice and we kind of (laughs) did and then but it was great it was such a beautiful day and we got to moose lake which is below campfire lake and there's this like really idyllic I posted on my Instagram, like beautiful little narrow path that then opens into the meadow around Moose Lake. And it's kind of this perfect shot looking down onto that meadow. And where we started to approach that and realized there was a whole, I guess, herd. I don't know what the proper term is of mountain goats. Nice. And it was funny because we saw like 10, you know, and we're like, wow, look at that, like big ones and babies and the whole family. And then it was almost like it was comical. It was just like more and more and more. I mean, we probably saw like close to 30, maybe like it was I've never seen that many mountain goats together. It was kind of bizarre. That's um, awesome. It was super cool. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And then, um, yeah, then we camped at Campfire Lake. And the other the cool thing about that, like, it's really beautiful. Um, But we slept like 
kind of on like the grassy meadow next like bank next to the lake and there's this big steep wall behind you with a scree field and you could hear rocks like tumbling in the distance at night because of the goats climbing mm. around up there so like that was super fun to watch Whoa. for a while until it got dark and yeah yeah it was it was it's just beautiful there it's really fun did you have any close encounters with the goats uh, the closest we got was when we saw them, but we were okay. probably like a hundred yards away. Cause I've been up in the Beartooths before. I don't know how they are in the crazies, but in the Beartooths where they'll be around camp and they're attracted to wherever you pee. Mm. And so I've been out in the morning trying to pee and they'll be like three feet away from you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, sniffing uh, like, mm, what is going on? Oh no. And you're like, get away. Oh no. <laughs> Let me pee in peace. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised they didn't like come to our camp that night because I was peeing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rock. <laughs> That's my rock. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, it was super fun. Great Excellent. birthday. Happy birthday, well, my friend. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. For everyone listening, Kat had her Dirty thirty, or as uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shame. No, Henny. don't throw as me hit, under uh, the. No. Okay, all <laughs> right. Shaming. I won't. I won't. Dirty thirty. That's all it is. Dirty thirty. No. Even my my 14 year old niece sent me a text that morning saying like Happy Dirty Thirty, Aunt Kath, and, and she's such like a sweet, innocent, naive little kid. And I was like, I texted her mom, my you sister. Don't know what I was that like, means. How the hell has she ever heard like that expression? Like, <laughs> and no, she doesn't know what that means. What if? What if she just? Thinks she made it up because the words rhyme. You know? Oh, that would be great. I wouldn't I, be surprised, actually. <laughs> I kind of... You, have you ever had that phenomenon where you're like, I think I've had a completely original idea, and then you tell someone close to you, and they're like, mm. yeah, like, we watched that on a documentary, like, last week. But, like, you <laughs> oh, didn't no. remember. Do you know, the, you know the feeling I'm talking about? I do. I yeah. do. I've yeah. had that happen a couple times, and... Just crushing. It is crushing. It actually mostly happens with me building now. So I'll be doing something and I'll be talking to Randy. Like, you know what they need? You know what would make this job so much easier? If there was like this tool and then I describe how it would work and like how much easier life would be if that existed. And he's like, yeah, it exists. But it's like, you know, $2,600. And I was yeah, like, oh. It's a specialty oh, tool. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. at least it exists. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had it. There's that, yeah, absolutely. There's that heartbreaking <laughs> moment of like, like for you, yeah, Torna, go design that tool and become a uh, an entrepreneur selling your your tool to contractors. Like you're like, I have a business idea, and then you find out that there's like a hundred of those businesses. You're like, dang, missed <laughs> out. I don't know. I yeah. hate that feeling. I, there's a biblical saying that like nothing is new under the sun. Yeah. That's a biblical saying? Uh -huh. It is. I thought that was just like a it's from saying. The book, it's, it's from the book Jesus of Ecclesiastes, my friend. Yes. And wow. some of the wisdom literature there. Um, I mm. think that's spot on. And I'm just kind of like, it, does originality really exist? I'm throwing Ooh. it to philosophy real fast. But like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, that, there's that moment where you think you have an original thought. And then you realize that you've probably just synthesized that from 10 other sources. Maybe you worded it in a unique way. Right. But I'm not sure if I've ever had an original thought. I kind of think that I've been like pretty subtly conditioned by every input in my life for 26 years. What do you oh, think? I think there can be original thoughts, but every thought 
is evolving from previous, right? Like, because we're learning. Right. Mm -hmm. So it has a tail, but it can be... Ideas are like Legos. There's only so many building blocks available out there, but what you can create with the the Legos is infinite. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's poetic, man. That is poetic. (laughs) That's pretty good. That should be our wisdom from the bench for this episode. There you go. But even that, even that example, like Legos. Yeah, (laughs) it's all about how you assemble the already existing pieces. (laughs) I think there's certainly like moments throughout human history where there's a unique idea, but they're a truly unique idea is pretty far and few between. We largely just like improve Mm. upon and build upon that handful of unique ideas that emerge. I've, I would actually be really interested in reading some philosophical thought on that because I don't even know who would be the big names in discussing that. I don't even know what you would call that. Originality? Mm. Huh. Yeah, because you probably could drill back, like go backwards from like an Adam Smith or a Karl Marx and who sort of in a very like superficial observation you could conclude like well those were two people with unique ideas that yeah. changed the world forever uh, but you can go backwards well, and see what they were reading and who they were influenced by and, and it's not that unique Charles right? Darwin so. basically stole everything he has from like his great grandfather <laughs> his great grandfather was writing about the same stuff two generations before it's kind of crazy hmm PJ Hill, one of the fathers of free market environmentalism and founders of PERC, the organization I work for, he doesn't describe that as as stealing. He describes that as simply learning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Rebranding, making it popular. (laughs) He said that in the context of us being like, we're going to steal that from you. And he's like, no, no, you're just learning it. I don't (laughs) want to tarnish his reputation. He's a great scholar. He doesn't steal ideas from people. Right, right. (laughs) It's like how... Like a snowball becomes an avalanche or like, oh, mm. oh man, the ridiculous example I always think of is um, what they found in the Hadron Collider, the Higgs boson or the Higgs field, which is like yeah. a subatomic particle that essentially is responsible for giving mass to any object of the universe by traveling through the Higgs field. So like if the particle is present and it's in motion through the Higgs field it picks up mass so of course like we as human beings we travel through the world like we're in motion we're gonna pick up ideas somewhere and maybe the synthesis of them comes out uniquely you know because like we talk about the founding fathers like being influenced by how many philosophers leading up Mm -hmm. to them you know the enlightenment being a culmination I just found an article I just want to quickly read this because i think this is bonkers how many combinations are possible using six lego bricks oh <laughs> yes have you you've Hit heard me. of this torna no but is it like six factorial or something okay, so i don't even know how, what the math would be i'll just briefly read like these two short paragraphs so mathematician soren eilers was intrigued by a lego related math problem let's say you have six standard lego bricks and here they're using the rectangular we're talking two by fours the re- okay. rectangular two by four is seen in the original <laughs> Lego patent. If yep. you fit them together, how many possible structures can you make? This question was first officially answered 
1974, and Lego mathematicians arrived at the number 102,900, no, excuse me, 102,981,500 combinations. Uh, How many bricks? This is six standard 4x2 Lego bricks. The article continues, though. Hold on. Hmm. Eilers was curious about the mathematical methodology behind the number and soon discovered that it only covered one kind of stacking. Thus, it was dramatically low. So we wrote a program that modeled all the possible brick combinations with six 4x2 bricks. After running the program for a week, he ended up with a massive number totaling 915 million... 103,765 combinations. <laughs> it's the toy that keeps on giving. So if ideas okay, are like Lego I'm bricks. I'm wondering if that's 48 factorial. So you have eight. Oh. Well, you've got two by four, so you've got eight. And then that means there's eight places. So it'd be. 48 factorial? So No, okay. So right, you've got a, a two by four. So you'd have, you've got f- four, four pegs, right? Times six. Yeah. But then you also have the bottom option. So, yeah, it would be eight times six bricks, which would be 48. And then your factorial would, so 48 factorial. I wonder if that's the answer. So it's one times two times three I can't times do four that right now. all the way yeah. to 48. Whoa. Yeah. That's okay. So, if ideas are like Lego bricks, give me six, <laughs> give me six ideas. And how many combinations? Okay. Originality exists. I think we just. <laughs> <laughs> we just there's, proved it with there's Legos. Almost, there's almost Legos. a billion potentials of me using an idea from Jefferson, Washington, Aristotle, Pluto, um, Plato, not Pluto, stupid Henning. Stu- Copernicus is good, and Rousseau. There's six men who had fantastic ideas. I have right. six Lego bricks. What can I do with those? Apparently, almost a billion things. Yes. <laughs> Good. There we go. That's we've okay. We accomplished a lot in the first I'm what, into 15 it. minutes of this. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even finished my drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> we barely even started we our drink. We barely started ours. What are you drinking? Are- Tell me. All right. Well, we are drinking a compadre. And it is a tequila drink because as I have mentioned in the past, I've got a lot of tequila. Not a lot of it. Yeah. I, I actually, we've been drinking a lot, so it's. I, I'm. I think I'm down to one unopened bottle and a little bit less in this one. But anyway, we have two ounces of tequila, two ounces of fresh grapefruit, and half an ounce of Campari, all shaken over ice, and then put into a highball glass, filled to the brim with ice, and then topped off with club soda. Give it a nice little. Sp- stir i uh, took a peel from the grapefruit like all the way around the circumference so it's nice and long you kind of spiral it down in the glass and it's really tasty it's quite tasty because it's quite, not sweet it's not sweet and it has a beautiful sh- like orangey pink sherbet yeah salmon mm. color to it it's fabulous very nice do you have a history mm-hmm. on the compadre I do not. Oh. Okay. I'm a failure. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Well, I am drinking my 11-year-old Offerman Limited Log of the Lone Scotch Whiskey, neat in a rocks glass. Mm, mm -hmm. And as we previously described, Kat, this is the one you tried. 
this one has like a nice it's like a, a, a thicker, more syrupy finish compared to the standard sixteen year old they do. I wonder if that has to do with the age. Well, but also of course they finish it in Guinness barrels, which I think is just brilliant. And I'm very happy with it. So it has a little little bit of chocolate note at the end as well. Oh wow. It's delightful. Lovely. I'm trying to quickly find some history on this. I haven't. There's none. But there's something <laughs> called an old pal. Okay. That is basically a Negroni, but with rye whiskey instead oh, of gin. Okay. Nice. The old pal sounds well, like just a translation of the compadre. So. I thought it was going to be the same thing. Yeah. But Dang it. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Well, you know, I guess it's American version. Whiskey versus tequila. Mm. Either way, it's a friend. Yeah. Warms you. Yeah. Yes, compadre. Torn is lost. I, I was looking for compadre stuff too. I don't see anything. <laughs> a lot, I've mentioned this before. There's a lot of drinks that just don't have a lot of history because it's like in some random book or a lot of them are modern drinks. And it's like the history is like, oh yeah, some bartender in New York invented this. Hmm. Things aren't quite yeah. as charming as they used to be, it seems. Yeah. So there's no fun, you know, by Joves kind of moments. By Joves. Yeah. Yeah. We don't go to the bar in like three piece tweed. Yeah. And there's it's not you know, no cool stories about, I don't know, fights or. Hmm. We should bring back like histories of great wars. Right. We should bring back like 1920s and 30s era hats. Like, every man yeah. wore a hat. Mm. I got a lot of hats. I like hats. Hats are nice. I feel like it, that it just made everything classier, you know? There's always a hat rack somewhere. Yeah, hats are good. They're practical. Uh-huh. Does anyone know why they stopped wearing hats? I love a hat box. Yeah. Good hat box is great. Hmm. Do you think production during the Great Depression, maybe? They were making the styles just changed. They were making people army were helmets instead. Yeah, yeah, through the sixties. <laughs> no, 60s. no, people were. In hats. I think it was the seventies. It was the hippies. It was the damn hippies. Mm, Their long was, well, hair. Yeah, traded out the hats for headbands. If they you, didn't want to be looking, you know, stiff like their old man. If you, so they, yeah, because you know, if you want, if you want to really show off your hair, of course, we start moving toward a beehive, and no hat can keep that beehive down. The 1960s beehive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bigger the better. Yeah, plus I feel like, I mean, we stopped putting like literal tar in our hair to keep our <laughs> keep our hair under our hats from looking like hat head, you know? Is that what people would do? Yes. They'd put tar in their hair to prevent hat hair? Well, I would feel like that would just like accelerate the forming. That's to the like, his- that. history repeats itself. That sounds a lot like the person that put Gorilla Glue in their hair. Oh, who did that? Oh, someone recently put glue, gorilla glue in their hair, and then like tried to sue gorilla glue. Maybe it wasn't tar. <laughs> I'm thinking of. I'm just thinking of that like uber greased look. You know? Oh, slick bag. That like oh, petroleum yeah. jelly stuff. <laughs> yep. I don't feel fat. Yeah, dude. Yeah, or uh, well, or there's petroleum. there's a nice hair product that I like. I don't have enough hair to use. Um, <laughs> Since I'm buzzed, but when I had nice hair that I could, you know, shape your hair is very form. nice now. Don't don't downplay the buzz. Yeah. Anyway, suavecitos yeah. is like an old school suavecitos. Suavecitos. It's like mm. an old school style pomade, real sticky. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I use like a yep. matte clay. Nice 
uh, greased look recipe. <laughs> I don't make it, but it's like a clay substance. Keeps it from shine. Mm-hmm. I don't like shiny hair on my head. It looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep it textured. Keep it. Keep it matte. You know. Mm-hmm. I used to not brush my hair. I still don't. That's a mistake. I started brushing it one day and I was like, wow. Makes a difference. That looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that more. <laughs> that looks nice. What, what made you brush it for the first time? I, uh, there was like a lost year of chaos where, yeah, I was just like filthy all the time. A lost yeah. year. This is when you didn't wear shoes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess that started to be de-escalated after I got swine flu. I started wearing shoes. Goodness. I've survived two global pandemics. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you have. Three, <laughs> technically, because we had the avian flu. Ayo. But I didn't get bird flu. I'm saying, right. like, I, I don't even know if it actually transmitted to people, but it was a big, it was a big deal. It was a thing. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, eventually I started brushing. Shortly after that, I started brushing my hair. Okay. Got a job. All those things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what it's like we- the prod- prodigal son. <laughs> come back to I, society I was like the prodigal son <laughs> came home and was like I want to start over <laughs> I screwed up that year can I do it again <laughs> the lost year was this like your first year of college am I remembering that yeah. correctly yeah 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 I heard some of that story on no normal people I remember that's right yeah yeah, <laughs> I felt bad. I felt like every like normal question you asked that we could have breezed through. I just was like, well, I have a kind of a complicated answer for you. <laughs> nope, but that's that's kind of oh, what the show right. proves is that there's always there's always something right. behind a s- simple question. And if you're just willing to sit with the question for a while and keep the conversation going, you learn so many things about people. Yeah. Get to know normal people, man. Okay. Go check out the show. Yeah, there it is. I'm sure you've heard Free the plug. teasers and the promos from the Highline Network of No Normal People, but that's not what we're here today. I we need to talk about rich dudes in space. I think definitely <laughs> they're evil, right? Do you think so? I don't think you think so. Literally, <laughs> Satan. Literally, Satan. I just think okay. I am lifting this joke straight out of another podcast I heard. It's it's called Election Profit Makers. And that's the podcast? Yeah, dude. It's a podcast built around like they are they uh they literally make bets in like a like an established market on elections. Okay. You guys should listen to it. It's fun. But so Starly Kine of past Gimlet Media fame is on the show and her hot take was essentially like Jeff Bezos is going to fly this old woman to space. Uh-huh. Or maybe he already has. I lost track at the time. No, he's that's July 20. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's scheduled for. Excellent. So Jeff Bezos is going to fly this woman to space. She was in the NASA program and she was about to be launched and then the launch, launch got canceled and then she got bypassed. And... But now and now she's like 80 years old and he's like, hey, I'm rich and you can come to space with me if you want to like fulfill that dream. And I think that's pretty cool, honestly. That is really cool and thoughtful. Um, Yeah. Starly's take on election profit makers was very funny. And it was essentially like. 
I mean, she hugged him a lot, and I'm sure she's excited, but Starley's very cynical take was, it was kind of a photo op to make us, like, think Jeff Bezos is a little more endearing. You know, he's stepping away completely from Amazon now, like he's stepping down as CEO and starting to go in a new direction. And in a position that probably gives it more sway over how the company's run. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> That's the, me being cynical. The subtext, <laughs> right. Well, sure, sure, it's a PR stunt, but yeah. she, but like, she also gets to go to space and fulfill that dream. So, like, yeah. it's both. I think at the same time. Right. I agree. It's a PR stunt. Yeah. the The take on this podcast was essentially like, if these billionaires want us to like them, why don't they start doing good things instead of wasteful they do. things? Yeah. And I just I thought that was funny. I'm not sure I completely like believe that. I'm like, this feels like a natural continuation of our discussion of like the morality of capitalism you know like right is the concept mm -hmm. of a billionaire evil i'm not entire i'm not convinced it is but like <sighs> yeah where do we want to i think it's how really, do we want to do this <laughs> i think it's really really telling um about like the state of our it, it says a lot about the state of our culture when you look at the coverage of Richard Branson, Branson's launch, yep. like mm -hmm. almost back, literally every article I came across, every headline, every article was like, yeah, he's doing this thing that's pretty cool, but with then like a litany of like kind of tortured excuses for why it actually sucks and we should all be mad about mm -hmm. it. And it just was like, <clears throat> to me, it was very telling. I think so. Also, this this is on track, but just talking about the state of culture and media in general. I step away for like four days because I was really busy. Didn't even like get on Twitter or anything like that. Instantly. I mean, we've known that these guys were doing space stuff for years. Right. And out of the blue, every media group picked up the term space billionaire overnight. <laughs> every article, space billionaire, every article about space billionaires. And I keep seeing it everywhere and they... And I was like, "What? This? It's just weird how things just they get latched on, and and then it gets pushed into, into, the norm." Mm. And then everyone on Twitter is talking about space billionaires. What? Well, because the media's job increasingly is just to create a narrative. Yeah. To drive clicks to their website to make money. So yeah. They'll all latch on to like if the theme is space billionaires and how evil it is for people to use their private money to do innovative, impressive feats of engineering, then like that's what's going to catch on fire and everyone's going to talk about it because right. it'll drive people to their websites and they'll get more ad revenue from the evil oligarchs that run the companies that manage the right. ad revenue and that host are, their that websites. Are, that are all like, probably space billionaires yeah. that are running the media sites. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The space billionaires. But that, yeah. I think that's a question worth asking though. Like is what uh, Richard Branson and what like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are accomplishing. Is it like, a great innovation that we should rally behind and be proud of as a nation or or just as human beings or or is it just like this is space is becoming the new playground of the rich and powerful mm. i have kind of gone back and forth and i don't know if there's a way to nuance possibly saying both 
because like hmm. yep i think i think especially branson and uh jeffrey bezos are getting jeffrey, <laughs> jeffrey who <laughs> yeah, jeffrey <laughs> um i think they're kind of they they are being lampooned basically for not being the first ones i feel like elon musk is on like a like in a different stratosphere almost literally just because he is the one that like got famous for pioneering the thing whereas these guys kind of right you yeah. know started their space companies on on the long tail of his success you know riding his coattails a bit well i think they had started them I don't know if you can say they started them after him and on rode his coattails, but I mean, uh, Richard Branson was like attempting to do this in like 2013 or 2014. Mm, right. And, and failed. And then Jeff Bezos, or excuse was, me, Elon Musk beat him to the punch. Right. And so great, I think it was all kind of. And a great example just of, of where like Bezos was with, isn't Bezos um, space program Blue Origin? Yep. Yeah. You got it. Like I know it came out that like, I don't know if you remember this Henning. I know you've you've at least now follow it pretty closely because you know it's pretty neat stuff. But Blue Origin was developing the like whole ability to land vertically on like a floating oh pylon, mm-hmm. and they had like successful tests. And then like a week after they had released like promising results, SpaceX was like, "Boom, we did it. We land Falcon Nine so now." Right? They were both doing it at the same time. Yeah. Like just Elon had success. Which- Quicker so whatever. so there's the thing more success like, i would say the the thing that propelled america through the 60s was the space race with russia and we innovated like crazy through that time as we raced to the moon famously in 1969 yep are these billionaires just in the space race of their own and do we like uh, how much innovation do we predict coming out of it i mean like landing falcon nines is a pretty big deal landing super heavies is a pretty big deal as well and so far elon elon is kind of winning that do you think the other guys take it in an, in a uh, direction of like commercial like let me get you to japan in two hours by launching you from texas or something uh well they're already working on like the- yeah I just don't know where, the, the where their innovation are... is. I haven't been following them as closely because I'm kind of starstruck. I... <laughs> pun. Starstruck yeah. by SpaceX. Well, from what I've gathered, the U.S. government certainly sees like the value in these private companies spending their own resources and innovating. Um, and so they've like awarded them contracts to help deliver things to the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. So they like trust them enough that they want and see the value of them like innovating in that direction. But I think the business's like bottom line is to innov- is to commercialize space travel. Right. And the benefit of that is that innovation might not necessarily come in more high tech systems, but it is going to wrinkle out the inefficient kinks that we've seen with NASA as far as expense of transporting weight. Um, reusability obviously already is huge right Mm -hmm. and reducing on waste because if it is going to be a consumer thing even for the rich people they're going to have to find a good price point and it's they're going to have to optimize all these things yeah it might be more efficient rockets everything like that but last number i saw uh, i don't know as of 
2016 maybe, like NASA's cost per pound to launch was like $60,000 a pound. Mm-hmm. Taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My heart hurts saying that. And then their projects all get delayed because of bureaucratic red right. tape and BS. <laughs> and then like, uh, you know, I went to Rocky and there was some cool students there doing research and they they had their little algae that they were going to put into space and they had to, you know, they had limited space and weight and ended up being like a pound. And I was like, that science experiment is costing $60,000 to get launched into space. <laughs> yeah. Box. And then that rocket disintegrated. Oh, was that? <laughs> yeah, it was, they put the science experiment on it. Everyone like went down there that was a part of it and just went into flames. Oh no. <laughs> it was rough. That failure is important, though. I feel it, like we also lose sight of that, especially in this conversation around private space. Well, that's people the thing. who oppose it love to pick at any time there's a failure. But like that failure saving lives in the future. Totally. That failure is super important for progress. And I'd rather people be failing on their own dime than. My tax dollars going being coerced to pay for something that's failing and and not just because of trial and error, but like I said, because of bureaucratic red tape that sort of gums up the works. Right. And all this innovation can be used for other projects like satellite and space infrastructure that we need. Yeah. That's the thing. I think um, you can't really obviously like predict how much innovation is going to come from, from these various projects, Mm. but I think you can confidently say that, It'll be, I mean, infinite, right? I mean, the thing, like, think about our um, our Lego analogy, yeah. right? Like, who knows what brilliant idea is going to emerge from all of this trial and error? Now, if you imagine each individual, and then multiply that, and imagine each individual system of a rocket being a Lego brick. Mm-hmm. There might be hundreds of thousands of elements to a rocket from programs all the way to wiring to Mm. designs on Mm. fastening screws that fasten things together yeah there could be things there could be crazy improvements innovations breakthroughs that impact things beyond like space technology right we're going to take a quick break then we'll be back to our conversation If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People. I'll tell you my little pitch of it. It's about a man who is a dentist who decides to make bootleg toothpaste <laughs> that turns you into a gum monster. And wow. he's like the Michelin man, but made of <laughs> gums. So. <laughs> gums, <laughs> not like gum. It's weird that we, we call that human skin gums, right? And we chew gum. Yeah. That, yeah, what the that, feels, that feels like an oversight, doesn't it? <laughs> I agree. You should call that something else. We need to have a meeting. <laughs> and now, back to our conversation.
So I want to, this is, we can, we can dive into this and this is maybe more of a, a topic about billionaires in general later, but, uh, sitting on the front porch last night, having a nice chat with my roommate and he, he brought up something very interesting and I agree with in a more secular sense, um, leaving maybe religious convictions aside, a billionaire pumping money into things like rocketry and space travel and all of, you know, all of the infrastructure, you could even talk about Amazon or Tesla, whatever they're doing with their money to build their business is infinitely more impactful than them giving away their money to charity because of all that it encompasses as far as you know, like I just said, there might be 100,000 elements to a rocket. Every single one of those industries is getting paid. And every single one of those industries has hundreds, if not thousands of employees. Right. And it spreads down. And them investing in, in them, and they're making a lot of money off of it, is doing way more than just donating it to something. That's a, that is a hot take and unpopular opinion. Or having it taxed and redistributed by a clumsy federal <sighs> can't bureaucracy. can't do anything right. Yeah. Yeah. But and I think it's also worth noting that like these billionaires do give a lot of money away to charity, mm-hmm. like a ton. This is this is an important important part that I don't know people necessarily understand when they're upset at billionaires and them not giving away enough money. It's very difficult to give away money. Just from like a legal standpoint. From what I understand, like Bill Gates has, to, he has like a full crew of employees and their job, they get paid just to distribute money to charities. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just hand away hundreds of millions of dollars. It just doesn't work like that. And so there's just a limitation there, honestly. Sure. But I think even regardless of those, like, real world constraints they end up giving away i mean more money than most of us will probably ever earn in our lifetime oh yeah you know oh yeah so i think that's kind of a weak argument when people are like why are they spending their money on rockets why aren't and they I, feeding and poor i have people? A, and i have a little bit both. i have a little bit of a different view of that and again unpopular view but if you value those things it's not someone else's job to do that it's your job to do that. Mm. Yeah. If you value feeding homeless people and all these things, why would you pawn that off to someone else? Because they have all the resources and I don't. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which is why lobbying exists. Hmm. That's yep. kind of what that industry is, right? Like to sway votes, sway, use influence to like accomplish what you, you know, like we don't have, we don't have lobbyists just hanging out in Jeffrey's office, you know? Right. <laughs> Jeffrey. I call him Jeffrey. No, I Jeffrey think it's has lobbyists hanging out yeah, in the politicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows how influence works. You know, and it right, comes right. with the wealth. Right. So I think the, I think the question about like, is this just the new billionaire playground? Like, have these guys just gotten so bored with what they're 
what they either built before as if I can minimize like <laughs> he's bored running Amazon now, you know, the one of the largest corporations in the world. He's just bored. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is it's to a point where it's so well run that he doesn't need to run it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure. They've put in that work. Yeah. And now it's they've hired the people that make it run. And that's well. kind of the classic. And they can move on to something that's else. That's the classic, like, uh, entrepreneurial spirit, you know, like serial entrepreneur. Right. Like, I build a company and I sell it. And then I build the next one and then I sell it. More because they're really into the process of building the thing than they are, like, mm-hmm. maintaining it. So there's something there. I think I. I honestly don't know what I think about the playground argument. Like in some ways, like I, I, I'm half a space nerd. I know much bigger space nerds, you know, like Sam Fife and Ayla Grand Prix that I had on no normal people. Mm -hmm. Like these people are into it, you know, like I'm half a space nerd. So I, I like what's happening. I think like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to try and argue for it as if it's, it is my position. Cause I, right now I think I'm pretty neutral on it, but what do you think of the argument of why are they using all this with the appearance of frivolity? Why are they going into space when they could be working on like other technologies that could help solve bigger problem or, you know, like quote unquote, bigger problems. You know, like, can we work on, like, carbon capture technology or better renewable energy resources, you know, like, building those infrastructures more? Like, the money could be spent somewhere else, and people are confused. There are people in... There are billionaires doing that. There are people investing in that stuff. There's a lot of billionaires out there, and there's, like, four in the news that are doing the space thing. Right. (laughs) Three. Yeah, three in the news (laughs) that are doing the space thing. Yeah, that's Um, fair. So I just kind of, you know, they get the most noise. There's a lot of billionaires that people don't even really know who they are. They don't want people to know who they are. And I'm sure they're doing things and all the research funding that goes into whatever it is, medical advancements, Mm. energy. I mean, no matter what, there is at some point a business incentive. I mean, people that are developing more efficient engines, like anyone that has a massive breakthrough in that. I mean, it's going to be huge. So... Obviously, I don't have anything to back this, but you know there's people to investing in that. It's just well, not, sure. It's, we know these technologies are being developed. And right. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not, capital. but the biggest thing is those, it's, for whatever reason, that's not hot and sexy. But space is. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually cold and sexy. Yeah. But. Wow. Cold and life sucking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I also play. think it's just, interesting just kind of I suppose human beings have probably always been this way but I find it interesting that instinctively as a society we tend to want to tear down the people who are the most successful Mm -hmm. among us oh 100% unless they're like personalities that have been curated to appeal to certain demographics like celebrities and pop stars that aren't you know, they have a persona that they're selling and that's been marketed really well. But like just regular individuals that have been incredibly successful, 
we Man, tend to disdain about, them. Why do people love like a, a music artist that makes a couple hundred million a year? Or but an like, NFL player that makes, makes a ton of money. What value do they add to society? Bezos, but like the musician and the football player hasn't done anything. Right. And Bezos has created like millions of jobs. Yeah. And like kept everybody sane while they were on lockdown for pretty much a year. <laughs> you know, with his right. like wildly efficient delivery services <laughs> and streaming services with pretty much everything you could ever want to watch, you know, like. I don't know if that's a good thing, but yes. No, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But there's more like you can you can quantify the value of that more readily than you can quantify the value of like some 23 year old who's good at throwing a football. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why are they heroes? It's inter- it's it's an interesting commentary on what we value as a society. Yeah. I think we've been brainwashed to value these things over sure, the things yeah. that really matter, but. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I say it a lot. Like, I hope I'm super filthy rich someday. And slowly I'm working towards it. Me too. It. I want to still and be your friend when you're well, starting. Right. I'm, I'm kidding. I truly, really do hope that I will have a means to leverage to do what I value as far as helping people. But I do not expect anyone else to do that. And I, it, I just don't understand how anyone would expect someone else to, to do that. And it all goes back to personal responsibility. Hey, <laughs> uh, take a, a shot. That's <laughs> a That's that's yeah. our broken record there. Welcome to personal responsibility that's bench. Good. <laughs> we should we should have a drinking game for this show. And the, like when we when the three of us we come back to the things we normally yeah. rant on, <laughs> people should take a shot. Mm. If we say Chinese Communist Party. Ayo. Yep. John Locke, so <laughs> sure. personal responsibility, yep. we have to drink. Yep. Take a shot or chug a white claw oh, God. like stupid Henning on the video games Oof. episode. <laughs> Don't chug white claws, you guys. Um, that was like the best five minutes of just like audio ever. No, it was not. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that a burp of mine is on microphone on the internet. <laughs> not a fan. Um, do you think... There is like a legitimate worry in some people's minds that, you know, like Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin and SpaceX and these, th- like, do you think there's a worry in people's minds that the these billionaires are creating basically like, like, have you seen the alien movies like Alien, Aliens, Prometheus? Yes. Like, do you yeah. think there's a worry that oh, these alien. billionaires are just creating like the next like Wayland Utani Corporation? And people are just like, no, we can't let that happen. It's a weird question, but um, I think that no. it is a. I'm worried the Chinese Communist Party's doing that. Yeah, this is an interesting. It, it, hmm. Okay, hot take. Oh boy, space is pretty cool. Agreed. Right? Things like stars, various. Well, black holes are pretty neat. Like just from a physics standpoint, like everything about how it works is just so interesting and fascinating. But I think going to Mars is stupid. Like I legitimately think it's a, a it, it will end up being a fruitless endeavor. How can you say that when we just talked about how the infinite possibilities of sort of the the. Uh, it, residual benefit of that kind of innovation because 
I, th- I think that Earth is incredible, and I think humans are incredible, and I think there is some sort of divine element to what is like creation as mankind and Earth, and I don't think that it's Mars. I think it's on Earth. So do you think going to the moon was a waste of time? I don't know. Outside of just like a, it creates jobs and we can go to space. I mean, okay. Hmm. But like. So what, you what, don't think these billionaires are evil, but you think they're wasting their time. And money. Yeah. I think it's something that they're finding fulfillment in because they're godless men. Is that too hot of a take? Crazy. <laughs> Jesus. Corky Jesus. Oh my <laughs> good Lord of mercy. Hey. They're godless men. <laughs> wow. Actually, that would that would really scramble. That'd rattle the Twitter sphere. You should throw that out there. I should. Because they'll want to agree with you, but then they'll hate half you, of your You credits. know that's the highline teaser, my friend. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Hmm. hmm. So. I think there's value in learning about our environment. And does Mars not. On Earth and cause, beyond. Because well, when because it's not if, it's when he gets to Mars. Elon Musk gets to Mars. Yeah. Is he going to be fulfilled? No, he's probably going to want to go to Venus. Sure. I think Venus is an infinitely more interesting planet anyway, if I'm honest, but that's just me. I don't know much about Venus. I like Venus. Saturn's cool. It's got rings, but you can't, you know, She's obviously real bright. land on it. But Venus is real bright. It's the She's morning gas. star, famously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Thank you. Well, now I will it's say. actually the evening star right now. It's just the bright star. Uh, to, yeah. Morning, evening, to the wandering what star. what I said. Big bright boy. <laughs> the bright boy. To counter what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry no, no, if we, if in the future, you know, maybe we do some sort of exploration and find new materials in space, and that leads to innovation. Yeah, you don't know. That's, that's why cool. you have to try because you don't you know. Gotta what's hop those happen. asteroids, my man. Drill those while they're Could passing. Could you imagine if people on the European continent were like, "Why the fuck are they trying to cross that ocean?" Like, I'm sure, Earth a lot of people flat. would. Honestly, some people did say that. <laughs> yes. No, of course, but so, but like, you know, well, all right, I just opened a can of worms, but I'm just <laughs> saying, <laughs> social justice issues aside, that changed the world forever Yeah, in a positive trajectory overall, largely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I think you can't, I think that you're, with all due respect, you yeah. just, that thinking you just outlined, I think is in line with sort of that like Malthusian thinking oh, that shit. we're which I think that the the problem with Malthusian thinking is that it's it's limited in its understanding and its like expectations of human ingenuity. And so we look at what we can see and we think that's all there is. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads people to think like we need to start sterilizing people because we're going to run out of resources and everyone should stop having babies without realizing that like in five years, someone's going to figure out a new way to like well, that's true. create energy yeah, or a more efficient way to grow rice or, you know, whatever that innovation is. But nobody knows that often they don't know they're going to stumble upon that thing that benefits society at large. So, like, who knows? Maybe Elon Musk going to Mars along the way or when he gets there, or when he comes back, like there's going to be a breakthrough that's going to benefit humankind. Sure. So I believe in human ingenuity. Even if, even for godless people. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well said, my friend. 
Yes. <laughs> I think Mars certainly represents more to us than just like planting a flag somewhere else. You know, like the the yeah. the big dick energy of America just being like, we went to Mars. Like, I think it's more than that. And I think Kat, you, I think you just said it so perfectly just now. It definitely, it represents a lot more than just the landing. I mean, and even the space, I mean, even the space race, granted there were some of the BDE stuff going on, but it still was more an image of American ingenuity mm-hmm. than anything else Yeah, to get to the moon and, and things like that. Totally. So yeah, it's not all, yeah, it's and, definitely not about. And like, you had an entire planting flag country of people watching TV the night the Apollo 11 mission landed, oh, neat, right? right? Like <sighs> that, that was a neat. unifying moment. For a country that was very yeah. scared of entering a world war again, you know, and they're like, look yeah. at what we did, though. And I think that has the potential of doing that to a very polarized and very, like, fraught world that we have today. You know, like if Mars happens mm-hmm. in the next few years, it might be a unifying thing for us. I mean, like, famously, the pale, do- the pale blue dot photograph that Carl Sagan, like, praised so often, like, Passing Saturn, they had the satellite turn around and take a picture of the Earth, and it was just a pale blue dot on like a foreground of black with a background of extra stars, and it was mm-hmm. it was a kind of moment for us to like get out that far, turn around, and be like, look how small we are, but look how awesome! Like, look at all the things we've accomplished. Look at the things we've done. You know, we can look at ourselves from this far away. And maybe that is a little self-aggrandizing, but I think being able to like, like the first photo of Earth snapped from Mars will, I think, be like a shift in the way humanity like views our planet and treats our cultures. Well, you know, you can look at the night sky now and be like, oh, look, that bright star that's coming out right at dusk is Mars. Mm-hmm. switch that mm-hmm. perspective it's yeah. kind of cool yeah it's very neat and i actually think i don't know if that's self-aggrandizing i think that's actually like deeply human and healthy to have moments of reflection yeah. and introspection and like a, that. at a scale i mean that would definitely spur and at a scale like sure. that yeah. you know just like the pale blue dot realizing that every worry we've ever had in our lives occurred on that thing in an inky void of yeah everything else Right. Right. Inky void. I like That's that. That's big, man. I don't, I don't want to be unfair, right? I stand by what I think, <laughs> but like, it's great that those few people are doing this endeavor. Just like there's the people that are obsessed with the ocean and there's people that are obsessed with maybe mining technology or whatever it is these people get obsessed with. Do the thing that you're obsessed with. 100%. And I, okay, yes. go to Mars or whatever. That's and that's why the market is so great. The free market right. is so great because it enables people with right. specialized knowledge to do whatever the hell it is they're obsessed right. with, and then there's infinite possibilities of like innovation and breakthroughs and improvements. And it's and better than having a centralized bureaucrat say like we're only investing yeah. in this technology. And right that's now. the thing. And what gets me is people love space. It's a pretty, I think, universal at least within the West, like. You look up and you're like, okay, wow, there's a space station up there. Like, it's big, it's cool. You see the pictures of, like, the pictures of Earth from space are wild. There's kind of a, a, there's a mystical, majestical element to space. 
and everyone kind of values that, and everyone thinks NASA's, well, most people think NASA's cool. We won't go there. <laughs> but they value space and exploring it, but then they don't like that billionaires are doing it. Who's going to do it then? Right. The government? They want their Why tax is that everyone's they fallback? Want to, they want to tax people, poor and rich alike, to pay for it. Yeah. They want to tax rich people to fund a government-run space program rather than having rich people on their own volition invest in a space program. Right. It doesn't make any sense. I can't follow the It's a the pretty thinking. shallow, shallow yeah. argument. I just want to say one thing about Mars. I really want us to get to Mars because there's some photos from, I guess, the rover? Is there still a rover on Mars? There's something on Mars taking mm-hmm. photos. I sure. don't, I don't yeah. know enough. But Bob Zimmerman, who manages a website called Behind the Black, he's really cute. You can give him $35 and he'll like email with you. But he, John Batchelor has him on his show regularly. Oh. And he was talking about images that he recently saw from Mars. There's this massive crater. And, and I guess the images for, were from like in the belly of this crater. and they he described it as these like incredibly just like razor edge super tall towering peaks but 360 Mm. and it just sounds incredible and like terrifying oh okay like in a great way yeah you know like could you imagine it's gonna be a climbing uh paradise if it ever uh terraformed right (laughs) that's uh (laughs) i don't know that's wildly (laughs) prophetic then of c.s lewis's book out of the silent planet because that's basically what he imagined mars would be like oh out of the silent planet is crazy dude such a cool book because i've never even heard of that book c.s lewis's space trilogy he did a three-part series um about going to space he wrote it before the space race what like 19 i think he wrote it 1947 38 38 even earlier so he imagines what a spaceship wow. was like what it would be like leaving the atmosphere, what it would be like entering an atmosphere, what it would be like on a alien planet. And a lot of it is like pretty cool and somewhat like And like accurate. from what you just described, Kat, wow. that is pretty spot yeah. on. That's wild. Of how he how he described it. That's pretty it. crazy. Neat. Yeah. I I like the wow, newest the newest uh rover perseverance out there. Thank you. That's I what it is. Was pretty yes. hyped because it was the first time they put a rover on another planet with an audio microphone. And there's audio oh. you can hear of like the Mars winds in its atmosphere. And oh, to me, wow. what are, are they haunting? Um, put that on before you go to bed. It was. It was noise. honestly like I I took a moment with it. Like I sat in a dark room with my nicest headphones I use for podcast editing and just put it on loop for a while it really felt like a like i'm listening to another world right now it was kind of a transcendent like this is this is crazy man a foreign world but also like the same in that like it has wind it has wind and dirt and the wind sounds pretty like earth wind and things and (laughs) physics you know act a little different than we're used to because of gravity very you know at well the sky color is different because of atmosphere density and all this stuff but like it's like probably pretty similar like i wonder if it could tell us something about i mean we could probably learn 
things from studying that planet up close mm-hmm. that could be translated into like valuable knowledge for caring for our right. own planet. Thank you, think. the I, I Martian. I think that there are lessons right. there. Do you guys see that movie with uh, Matt Damon? Well, no, he plants you know, the potatoes in I just his really poop. don't like Matt Damon. No, that's okay. <laughs> well, you don't like him in that movie because he's an ass. <laughs> yeah, he's always an ass. No, I'm, no, no, I'm kidding. When he gets shot in the no, Departed, he's great in that movie. He's, oh. he's an ass, and he gets shot in the oh, Departed yeah. Yeah, in the yeah, face yeah. at the very end. No, in Interstellar, and, and you're just ass. like hell. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that <laughs> it's out. Interstellar that Matt <laughs> Damon terrible. is turns into the uh, the evil he, guy. He's in two space movies. He's in two space movies. Anyway. Thank you, the Martian. But also, so the other thing I'm thinking of as far as innovation, especially going to Mars, like, can you imagine, I'm sure many people have, and they're actively working on it, and I just don't have the capacity to imagine it right now with a, like a finger of whiskey in my stomach now. But anyway, um, <laughs> can you imagine the, the, like the medical advances we make on Earth as we develop the life support technology to get a team to Mars? insane my man that that's gonna do so much totally so yes it's godless men going to mars but (laughs) (laughs) hey we can all benefit from it yeah exactly residual benefit from hmm. did we just describe trickle down economics what that trickle down economics is that's that's like the name capitalism. Those are things that were created and described inaccurately by those were names and f- phrases coined by people who don't actually understand or like support free market. Economics. I thought trickle down was like right. the Reagan thing. It was basically Reaganism. So trickle down from what I understand is more about spending. And what I was specifically talking about was just like all of the industry created and and value through okay so it's a misnomer that's Mm -hmm. more applied to spending right it's not like i'm a billionaire and i'm gonna buy groceries and then that trickles down gotcha so it's more about the currency i guess you could correlate them but i'm more thinking value and industry creation i think an important angle to this or like a criticism that's somewhat valid that i was reading often when reading about the launch the other day that I think we should talk about because we'd be like remiss not to, but uh, and that is that there's like a significant carbon footprint with these launches. I'm sure, yeah. And and so the argument is like, why why is it okay, or why why do people think that that's like a good use of resources, given the carbon footprint and the concern about anthropogenic climate change? Right. But <laughs> it kind of it turns out, at least with regards to uh, the Virgin Galactic rocket, what was it? Unity was its name, I think. The CO two emissions from that rocket were on par with like a biz- transatlantic like business flight. Sweet! Wow! Yeah. Well done, so Branson. Then when I realized yes. that, that made me question, like, well, why are environmental activists annoyed with these guys emitting that amount of carbon to go to space, 
but they're not but annoyed fly with a jet to their climate summit. Yeah, like they're not annoyed <laughs> with a celebrity prince flying all around the world. I mean, mul- like do- dozens, probably multiple dozens of times a year. Yeah. To talk about stuff that he could just zoom in for if he really was being conscientious, mm. you know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I just like I, it doesn't seem like a very solid argument. And I learned you two would probably have a, you definitely would have a much better understanding of this than I would, but I guess Branson is attempting to use liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen engines, Mm -hmm. and then Bezos is working on a nuclear-powered engine. Oh. That's cool. I did not know that. That's pretty neat. I think SpaceX already uses- I don't understand anything about it. The biggest thing is just having like enough efficient fuel to get somewhere, and then like with Elon and trying to get to Mars, like- their goal, from what I understand, is to create a fuel that can be basically made on Mars. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. you would only need enough fuel to get there and then harvest it and through chemical right. reaction, create fuel for your rocket to get back. Oh my God, that'd be there's so much pressure. What if you don't do it right? Watch The Martian. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. Yes. Watch Matt Damon. <laughs> oh no, I'm stuck on Mars. Watch, Thanks, Elon. Watch Matt Damon <laughs> plant yeah, exactly. potatoes Shit. in his poop. You know, you yeah. get it. Um Yeah, he was on Mars and that story about the making thirty six thousand dollars yeah. sweet potatoes oh, took yeah. place on Mars. It is for yeah. the lawn. Yes. It is the lawn. <laughs> That's why he was allowed to do it because there's no HOAs in Mars there's... yet. <laughs> yet. The atmosphere itself is its own kind of bitchy HOA, but you know. God, imagine 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 <laughs> getting to Mars and then and then, you know, Elon does his little HOA stuff and you're trying to build a house on Mars. Elon does his HOA. And you're like, I want a pink house on Mars. He's like no. No. That's it. Sorry. We'll re- rename it Musk instead of Ew. Mars. Yeah. I don't Musk. like that. <laughs> I don't like I it. I don't love that. It's kind of wild that he hasn't put out his own like men's cologne brand called Elon's Musk. Huh? Missed opportunity. Yes. He should do that when he's just like really fucking And he's old really and bored. He's like, he's one like, more you know, thing. I'm, yeah. I went to <laughs> Mars. True. I went to Venus. <laughs> Wait, didn't you, people did, would my buy son it that is going point. to Wait, Jupiter. I'm, like, I'm going to make cologne. My, my intent here is not to tell <laughs> lies, but didn't he say that like he would like to die on Mars? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that on Joe Rogan's podcast the first time he went on when he got in Maybe trouble for it. smoking weed on camera. Oh my god, he got Dude, in trouble. The for internet that? fucking blew up about that. I know people were like, "Oh shit," but I didn't. I thought they were more excited, not. I know, like his. It depends on what circle you follow on Twitter. Oh, got excited for a couple days. Fair enough, Henning. Yeah, but it's like, dude, you're in a state where it's legal. Yeah, for Christ's sakes. Right, right. Many shows on Netflix depict drug use. So, what is the problem? Yeah, and like, okay, I get it. Probably his employees have to do drug tests. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. But you don't own the company. I'm sorry. I. Who me? Anyone okay. except for Elon. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> there, there might be hypocrisy there, but you see in I government seen too. I've seen Jeffrey smoke a blunt Rules on for thee, camera, but not for me. Always. You want to smoke? No, a blunt I, on camera, I said I haven't seen <laughs> Jeffrey smoke a blunt on camera. I feel like he he, he is young. Yeah, dude. 
He is. So yeah, dude. Him. It's crazy. He's like getting his, he's got his like breakup <laughs> bot or whatever they, whatever they call it. His post-divorce yeah. bot. I was like, I mean, it's honestly, it's kind of goofy. He's like this like swole, yeah. like 25 year old body with this like bald misshapen old man head, head you know yeah. <laughs> like, what is yeah. this thing? born in born in Strange. 1964 almost 60 oh, man he's younger the only reason i know this and the only reason i keep calling him jeffrey is because bo burnham has a song about him on his new special and it's very funny <laughs> jeffrey <Listen>. bezos <laughs> That's I like it, it so far. Well, you <laughs> might not when you listen to it, but. <laughs> does it paint him? Does it paint him in a positive light? Is Bo Burnham, do you think it does? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. You know who else predicted this launch? The Simpsons. The Simpsons are on fire always. Always. I always see stuff. Some of it's fake. You got to be careful with the Simpson memes, but a lot of them are actually true. No, I saw and, like an article. Yeah, a lot of the episodes actually Which do also be predict fake. a bunch of stuff, and you're like, oh. They had, and I kind of remember it, actually. They had like a, a obviously, cartoon that looks like Richard Branson. Yeah. And he's like floating. Yeah. <laughs> and his like perfect hair is like floating along with him and. The Simpsons and South Park have a reputation for being a little bit prophetic, and I think it's awesome. Yep. <laughs> South Park. Yeah. It's because their their writers are cynical. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cynicism is not valued enough in our culture. Uh, I don't think. But I don't think. Well, I guess it is. People monetize yeah, on it all absolutely. the time, but. But like pundits are always like, I don't mean to be cynical, and I'm like, fucking yeah, be cynical. You, do. you should be. You're probably You're making gonna be so right. much money on being <laughs> cynical. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> depends yeah. how you leverage it like does your cynicism true. spiral you into a deep pit of anger and depression or do you like oh my cynicism says that this is going to happen now let's go on the offensive right always be on the offensive always be on the, I don't mm. know if that's good advice I reject <laughs> of offense and defense <laughs> you reject yep. both I am neither what, what is the alternative there I am there? neither you're a bystander. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, just watching. Just take a time out and, you know, <laughs> enter no man's land and celebrate Christmas with the damn Germans, man. No offense or defense. Just be human uh, together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then they played soccer, so there was. <laughs> I wonder who won the, that game. Do we know? No. I don't The Germans know. lost and they were like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more of this coming our way? Yeah. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. I don't know who won. The other, the other environmental complaint that I think is pretty weak um, is that even if they use like carbon neutral energy sources to power these rockets, the production of everything of that everything, goes into the rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But. But that's true of solar panels and wind turbines and every fucking thing ever. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty weak argument. Yeah, because it's just a redirection of any industry to make parts needed, you know. Right. Yeah, try building a rocket, the components for a rocket using solar, solely solar and wind. 
it'd be a long process. Mm. Right. And expensive. Just, I mean, Incredible obviously expensive. there's a lot that goes into it, but like a Toyota Prius and a Rocket are two different things. Are not as far apart as you can think in the in the world in the world of things that are built fair enough that's fair it's it, they're closer than like a rocket in a toilet yeah oh there my gosh i was i was <laughs> you're spitting that literally tonight. sounded like the setup for like a toyota prius and a rocket walk into a bar <laughs> yeah. and they're like yeah. whoa we have a lot in common oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we don't hate each other Whoa, after all yeah. crazy man could you put solar panels on a rocket well and power fuel the rocket i, I mean Your the, iPads? the international space station is powered by solar panels okay so that yeah could sense. you do that with your rocket i'm sure you can maybe for like auxiliary stuff just to launch you at least It'd be a lot of solar no, panels. It would probably just be to like run lights and stuff while you're. Yeah, it would never be enough power to take off. Yeah, right? how do you convert? It requires a ton well, of energy. Yeah, what would that? Yeah, yeah I don't be? know how you convert that to like fl- jet fuel. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I actually engineering requires a lot of math. So I, I actually can't don't. Do it. I don't even understand how you could translate <laughs> nuclear to flying a rocket because I only know mm. like. Combustion and that kind of in a a very controlled way. I'm propulsion split a hydrogen atom. Just bear with me. (laughs) And then, and then, but would there be flames? Would it just be like pooping out air? That was yeah. I guess maybe they would have. Maybe they'd do what new electric cars are doing and have like a fake. They'd have like fake flames and a fake roar. Oh my gosh! Yes, that would be hilarious. I I would love to sit down with the sound engineer for Tesla and just talk about like him building the fake motor sounds into the car. Yeah. I think that's so cool. It makes me sad that we missed that. There's something about a little road noise. But like there's a future we won't have that. Doesn't that sound great? When you start your car up and you're like, "Mm, yeah. Maybe. Imagine a world where like, imagine a world where all of the machinery building the highway is like silent electric stuff and besides like the sound of digging dirt you don't have giant diesel engines roaring and yeah i guess i don't like those noises. i don't like sound pollution that much oh fair enough fan. i don't really like sound pollution either some guy fucking was using a drill it sound or not even a, it sounded like a saw like a table saw or something last night at like 10 o'clock wow. at night yeah wild and then my other neighbor comes out i'm backed up to an alley and my other neighbor comes out and she's like Pulls into the alleyway with her car facing my bedroom window with like her lights on, not directly. I've got like garden and shit in between us, but like still it's Mm -hmm. bright. And then she starts like talking to her dog Uh, and it's just like whatever the dog's name is, like really or something, you know, it's like, really? Oh, really? No, really. Stop it. Really? You know, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Why are you doing this? Turn that saw. So I appreciate I I don't like noise pollution either. But I like the roar of an engine. It's a nice sound. Don't you like turn everything down, roll your windows down when you see like a, I don't know, a 69 Chevelle pull up next to you. Don't you want to just like Mm. listen to that? I want to listen all day. Smell it. I mean, I like I like. Yeah, I like supercars. I don't know about Chevelle's, but... Like a sports car. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're just throwing shade on godless or, billionaires uh, me, and Chevelles. Look at him go. Godless yeah. billionaires and muscle cars. Yeah. That has to be the episode title. <laughs> hey, godless you know, billionaires, come on. <laughs> Actually, that does have to be <laughs> compadre and godless billionaires. Hey, I would have no problem driving a godless vehicle like a Tesla. Hey, uh, so. Oh, totally. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is those sound engineers are paid to build basically like what the operator of the car hears, not the rest they of the They probably just outsource some dude that like made Forza. Like some guy that's doing all the video yeah. game. No, it's true. There's a I'm there's a I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a whole episode about it on the podcast Twenty Thousand Hertz, which is a sound design podcast I listen to. But yeah. Hmm. Real pe real ass people get paid to like make Teslas sound like other cars. And I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. There's an industry out there for everyone. Very, very, very true, my mm-hmm. friend. Yes. Find what you're good at and what Get you out like. there, you become a billionaire. And you'd then spend your money how you see fit. That'd be another part of our drinking game. Every time Torno is like, let's get real. Let me give you some motivational <laughs> advice. Right at the career. end. Yes. <laughs> Which is always really helpful. It's true. Right. I need it. I need it every once in a while. You can go do it. <laughs> you do it. And then when you become a billionaire, I guarantee that you will be finding every way possible to mitigate taxes. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm already trying to figure out how to mitigate taxes. This is a conversation that Everyone we're like... Everyone should be trying to figure out how to mitigate taxes. We are like... We didn't talk about this when it was, you know, a timely story after the ProPublica, as everyone now pronounces it, <laughs> um, article came out, but there is such a profound misunderstanding of income versus profit mm-hmm. and it blows my mind and like the idea that you'd like or even just like income versus revenue like when it when this argument and one of the articles i was reading today about how much money jeff jeffrey made over jeff covid and Bezos. how much he's investing in in uh what is it which one i'm Blue origin? Yeah, thank you. Blue Origin. And at the close of the article, of course, this was on Mother Jones, but the close of the article was, uh, and and they paid no income taxes. It's like, well, bitch, if they didn't make any income, they're not going to be taxed on it. We don't have a wealth tax. We have mm-hmm. income taxes. Right. Right? Preach. So if they're not, like, taking that money and buying gold bars and burying it in their backyard like they're reinvesting it in the industry that we're talking about you know what i mean like that the article is explaining you're talking about what they did with all of those revenues or that profit to reinvest it in the business and people are like he got 900 million dollar richer over covid i'm like how much did he enrich everybody's life did his idea enrich everybody's life over COVID? i know i helped them become richer me too. I'm sure everyone listening helped make him be richer. I have an Amazon Prime subscription. Same. Yeah. I can watch the Real Housewives of any horrible place anytime I want. I'm getting my new phone delivered in two <laughs> days probably... because of Prime. So hell yeah, man. Exactly. More like <laughs> ProPublica, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sidebar, when did that happen? When did they go from ProPublica to ProPublica? Like, literally everybody. And one of the commentators I listen to all the time, like, started to say ProPublica, and he, like, caught himself and corrected it. 
When did that happen? No idea. I have no clue. <laughs> I find it bizarre. But anyway. I think we should That's get pro people to, to catch on because I think it's funny. I win. I like it. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess. Is that. Do we feel good about this? I feel really good about this. I, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think we've, we've covered the bases. Cheers, I friends. So. Go make a billion dollars uh, yourself. Personal responsibility yeah. and stuff. And you might find out that once you make a billion dollars, for some reason, you want to go to space. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly and cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Hello, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm Stephen. And I'm Dixie Lee. The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous authors, artists, and thought leaders. Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called sonder, and this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own. So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire sonder in yours. No normal people. It's like humans of New York, but a podcast and in Montana. Highline Media Network, normal people in normal places.